0: As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. In these online services, sermons, readings and prayers, newly recorded by our clergy, congregation and choir members, are woven together with hymns and choir anthems drawn from our extensive archive of recordings from past services. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's, to our service of choral Evensong, on this the second Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God, and of the whole company of heaven Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord,
1: open Thou our lips and
2: our hearts as for thy praise.
1: O God, make speed to say. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy God.
3: The Old Testament reading is taken from the first book of Samuel, chapter 24, beginning at the first verse. And it came to pass, when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi." Gedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of all Israel, and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcuts by the way, where was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him, because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words, and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward, and went out of the cave, and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the King! And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped his face to the earth, and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave and some bade me kill thee. But mine eye spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth mine hand against the Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see ye, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe, and killed thee not, know thou, and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, For thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: The New Testament reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning at the twelfth verse. Then said Jesus also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbours, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, He said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper-time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
0: who hast taught us that all our doings without charity are nothing worth send thy holy spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of charity the very bond of peace and of all virtues without which whosoever liveth is counted dead before thee grant this for thine only son jesus christ's sake who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are certain occasions in life where a symbolic gesture can be far more powerful and indeed far more persuasive and convincing than mere words. There was a really good example of this in our Old Testament reading this evening from 1 Samuel. Let me remind you of the story. Saul is convinced that David is looking to do him harm, and so is pursuing David with armed troops. Saul enters a cave, unaware that David and his men are already concealed there. Without Saul noticing, David comes up behind him and cuts off part of his robe. When Saul leaves the cave, David comes after him, calls him back and shows him the section of cloth that he has cut from his robe. It is convincing proof that he could have killed Saul there and then had he wished to do so. That piece of cloth provided proof of David's true intentions in a way that was far more compelling. ...than any number of words could ever have been. Reading this, I was reminded of an example from my own experience... ...which, interestingly enough, also involved the cutting of a piece of cloth. During my first year of ministerial training many years ago... ...there was a young Ghanaian monk. He was also an ordained priest who was spending a year's sabbatical at my theological college. An early morning Eucharist was celebrated every day in the college chapel, and two of our students would be designated to assist at each of those services. They would set up the altar, do the readings, serve, assist with the administration of communion, and so on. On one particular morning, the Ghanaian monk was due to preside and he was putting on his robes in the vestry. The two students who were on duty that day really didn't like each other or get on and while the monk was quietly getting himself ready, they ended up having a blazing row in the vestry about something to do with the preparations for the service. What happened next became the stuff of college legend. The monk looked at each of the students in turn. He said nothing to either of them. But he took a pair of scissors from the desk in the vestry and he cut off the end of the stole that was around his neck, the symbol of his priesthood. He cut off about an inch of cloth. He then cut it in half and gave a piece to each of them. The two students instantly stopped their bickering, fell silent and looked at him, at one another and at the small pieces of cloth that they each held in utter incredulity and disbelief and bewilderment. They simply could not believe what they had just seen. Because that man of God had ruined a perfectly good stole, the symbol of his priesthood no less. And for what? Why? What was he thinking? As you can perhaps imagine, they were so stunned that they simply got on with their tasks, chastened and silent and thoroughly ashamed at their conduct. The service itself proceeded without incident, and the congregation was completely unaware of what had just happened. The Ghanaian monk never spoke about what he had done that morning, nor explained to anyone why he had done it. But what he was communicating through that simple but extraordinary gesture, without the use of any words, seems to me to have been pretty clear and if I can be permitted to put my own gloss on the event, it was this. In that vestry, the three of them were preparing for one of the most important and sacred events in the Christian life, the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, an event in which we encounter the wonder of Christ's presence with us in bread and wine and experience the power of his saving and transforming love in a profoundly personal way. There can be few things more significant than that in the whole of life. It is certainly far more important than any of the paraphernalia that accompanies it, even a beautiful stole. And most importantly of all, it throws into sharp relief the petty squabbles and unnecessary bickering that so often manages to separate us from one another, even those of us who call ourselves Christian. And of course, that monk was absolutely right. For those two students, it proved to be a shocking moment of revelation and self-recognition that had an impact that I imagine went far beyond any number of words. One of the most fundamental requirements of Christian discipleship is that we live lives worthy of our calling. That requires us to look beyond our petty differences and selfish concerns to see the bigger picture. We are called to live a life of love that extends beyond our immediate circles of families and friends. After all, as Jesus pointed out, even the tax collectors of his day managed to do that. We see this illustrated in this evening's New Testament lesson from St Luke's Gospel too. Jesus charges the disciples that when they hold a feast, they should not be inviting their friends and family and their rich neighbours from whom they will get return invitations and recompense for their generosity and hospitality, but rather they should call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, those who can give nothing back. That is the true scope of Christian love and compassion and acceptance. Or to put it another way, those of us who feel called to follow Christ need to learn to look up and to look out. We can all of us so easily get caught up in our own little worlds, obsessed by our own petty issues, never looking beyond our own little circle. We need to ensure that we keep things in perspective and that we keep things in God's perspective. And somehow, I think that was what that wise young Ghanaian monk was communicating without uttering a single word all those years ago. Amen. Amen.
5: Let us pray to God the Father, who has reconciled all things to himself in Christ. For peace among the nations, that God may rid the world of violence and let peoples grow in justice and harmony. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our
0: our prayer.
5: For those who serve in public office, that they may work for the common good. We pray especially for our Queen and government, for members of parliament, and for leaders around the world. We pray also for journalists, and in particular those in harm's way in the course of their work. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. For Christian people everywhere, that we may joyfully proclaim and live our faith in Jesus Christ. We pray especially for the leaders of your holy churches. For Justin our archbishop, for Sarah our bishop and Alison our rector. Pray also today for the Church of Nigeria. For Henry bishop of Abuja, And we pray for the church in Visby, in Sweden, for Thomas Pettersson, Bishop, and in Copenhagen, for Peter Jagobsen, Bishop. In our own diocese, we pray for the work of Miles Baker, Area Director of Ministry. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our our prayer for those who suffer from hunger, sickness or loneliness, that the presence of Christ may bring them health and wholeness. We pray especially for those in our parish community, in our city and elsewhere around the world. We remember in the silence of our hearts any others known to us who are in need. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer for all those departed this life, for the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time, for all who mourn. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. Let us commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept accept these prayers prayers for for the the sake sake of of thy Son, Son, our our Saviour Jesus Jesus Christ.
0: Christ. Amen. Amen.